Welcome to Living Water Radio. I've read that the pomegranate primarily stands for two things in the Bible, fertility and eternal life. Fertility may mean abundant food or a long line of descendants, but eventually both will die out, right? Eternity is about living forever. Or is it? What does fertility have to do with eternal life? Today we're going to find out from a pomegranate. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a Christian Church Disciples of Christ, United Church of Christ, ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We have a pomegranate tree in our backyard. The tree was a gift from Sally's mother as a symbol used in Sally's ordination when it was just a small bush. It grew up and then fell over one winter when we had a lot of rain. Remember those winters? Enough of its roots remained in the ground, however, that it continued to grow and flourish. Today, it's tall enough that we have to stand on the patio roof and use a fruit-picking pole to grab the fruit at the top of the tree, but we can still find fruit on the outer edges of its lower branches, at least the fruit that the squirrels, possums, raccoons, and who knows what else's that parade through our backyard don't devour. The pomegranate is mentioned many times in the Bible, including in the romantic and provocative poetry of the Song of Solomon, where we read in chapter 8, verse 2, of its juice as a refreshing beverage. I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother and into the chamber of the one who bore me. I would give you spiced wine to drink, the juice of my pomegranates. Moses reminds the people of Israel at the end of their slavery in Egypt and their desert wanderings of the goodness of the land that God had given as their inheritance forever, including the verses of Deuteronomy 8, verses 7 and 8. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey. As a decoration, it was declared in Exodus chapter 28, verses 33 and 34, to be used on the hems of the robes of the temple priests. On its lower hem you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and crimson yarns all around the lower hem, with bells of gold between them all around, a golden bell and a pomegranate alternating all around the lower hem of the robe. And the pomegranates were carved into the columns and beams of the temple built by Solomon, as we read in 1 Kings chapter 7, beginning at the 18th verse. He made the columns with two rows around each latticework to cover the capitals that were above the pomegranates. He did the same with the other capital. Now, the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars in the vestibule were of lily work, four cubits high. 
The capitals were on the two pillars, and also above the rounded projection that was beside the latticework. There were two hundred pomegranates in rows all around, and so with the other capital. The mature red rind of the pomegranate was used for medicine, as well as for red dye and for tanning leather. I've read that, as a symbol, the pomegranate meant two seemingly different things, fertility and eternal life. It's easy to see why the pomegranate might be seen as a sign of fertility. Many stems grow from the base of the tree. You cut pomegranate fruit open, and it's filled with seeds. There is one tradition that says there can be 613 seeds in a mature pomegranate, and there are 613 laws in the Torah. When I studied in Israel in college, our group was shown a cactus fruit that was called a sabra. Native-born Israelis were also called sabras because, like the fruit, they were spiky on the outside but sweet on the inside. Similarly, one theory of the pomegranate as a symbol is that the pomegranate represents Israel, tough and beaten up on the outside, but a sweet blessing from the inside. Some have said that the fact that there is no flesh inside, only seeds, is a reminder that our purpose is to sow the seeds God has given us, that we chiefly live to serve others and not for ourselves. But why eternal life? I think that it's because eternal life doesn't start when we die or when we're raised. Eternal life begins when we are saved, when our hearts are opened by God, and we receive the gift of eternal salvation in the gifts of faith and what happens to us in our baptism. But even that doesn't fully describe what we mean when we speak of eternity. Knowing God is an expression of the abundant life Jesus came so that we might have in quality as well as in quantity what he has promised, as he says in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Eternal life speaks to our quality of life as well as its quantity. We become a new creation when we are saved. We are born again. Jesus said in the Gospel of John chapter 17, verse 3, in his prayer on the night he was betrayed, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is made possible only by the cross. It is where we most clearly see God and God's desire for the world. The red of a broken pomegranate can be seen as the blood of Jesus, who was broken and his blood poured out for the sake of the world. It's sweetness, the sweetness of heaven. In fact, pomegranate seeds are set out in a dish at memorial services in some cultures as a reminder of the sweetness of heaven. I used to think that I was giving our pomegranate tree too much water when the pomegranates cracked open. Then I found out that mature pomegranates will often burst open by themselves. This is how they naturally reproduce. The seeds can be seen as the reign of God, and we as the disciples of the sower, sowing seeds that come as the result of God's work through the lives of the hundreds of seed sowers who have come before us. Likewise, a pomegranate has a crown at the top and is filled with jewel-like seeds. The salvation that comes by faith through God's grace is described as a crown with jewels in the Bible. 
What do we do with our crowds? We don't keep them like a merit badge sash when we enter heaven. We cast them to the feet of Jesus. We live to give ourselves away, now and forever. Pomegranate seeds can describe the people of the church. They grow and reproduce. We live our gifted lives as Christians in response to Jesus, in gratitude for our salvation, in sharing the good news. We are at a point in the pandemic where we don't know if the pandemic trends of decline will continue in most churches or if the pent-up desire for genuine community will result in growth. What we do know is that the life of the Christian faith is found both in quality and quantity. The one thing that the people we can reach will not receive from other agents is Jesus. Christian communities are the only place where the name of Jesus is named and where people come to a living, transformational, saving relationship with God in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is who we point to in a hurting world. May we be like the pomegranate and bear the fruit of the seeds God has made of us, and may the church continue to grow to God's glory. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccine, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders, pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.